All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Letter Boss. Um, today we have a couple guests with us, one whom I know pretty well, Stacy McGeehee, but you have also brought a guest with you today, your favorite brother. Favorite brother. <laughs> yeah, that's a play on words. I'm her only brother. I get that. That's nice. Thank uh, you. Yeah, uh, Aaron McGeehee, also known as Danger Aaron, um, one of the original jackasses. So yes. If you can be an original jackass. Yeah, well, that was for the TV show and movies, Jackass. I'm not the OG jackass. You're not there's, the OG. there's plenty of. You know, people that <laughs> held on to weird things and lightning bolt storms long before me. So, yeah. It was my original jackass. Yeah. <laughs> the original one in the family, right? Yeah, I'm the youngest. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Youngest of three. Okay. Oldest, Leslie, mid, Stacy, and right. me, the youngest. We guy, could have had so. Leslie here today, too, and it would be like family to... reunion. We're going to do a yeah, reunion show. Yeah, we should do family reunion, Leslie. entrepreneurial and family reunion show. I don't know how show. many McGeehees I Leslie can handle really in a room. <laughs> no. Like, she loves a nine-to-five data entry. Tell me the rules, black and white. That's Leslie. Yeah, she doesn't really want to have to <laughs> Gotta have one of those think too much uh, about the business side of things. She just likes to have a good time. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> so. <laughs> so does her sister, as I have learned. Learned, and I've seen on video her brother too likes some some good times. Yeah. But um, t- like one of the things that we <laughs> we have another guest today oh, also. Oh, here we go. Hi, Sadie. <laughs> Sadie's oh, joining you say us. Say hi today. to Bugsy. Bugsy's on. This is Danger Bugsy. Danger by Bugsy. the way, he is uh, my travel companion and uh, travels the world with me wherever I go. Nice. And uh, love it. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Cool. As you can see, we're a dog-friendly company here yes, <laughs> and a dog-friendly show. Um, so one thing that I really wanted to showcase in our podcast was hearing people's original stories of how they started. And um, some folks don't think of maybe what Stacy and I do as being entrepreneurs, but we own our own businesses being in real estate. And and so do you. You had to be much like we did in real estate and start out um, with an idea. And so I want to hear... Um, your stories um, of what made you start. I know you, Stacy shared with me that it started from childhood. We may have to have Sadie may have to wait in the in the green room, Stacy. Yeah, <laughs> you stay on your side of the awesome couch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're you came from an entrepreneurial family and a family business originally, and um, <clears> so I want to hear a little more about that. Um, so. Do you want to, yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and and hit that one real quick from my perspective. Um, So I remember, you know, I I remember being like three years old and my dad is a mortician. Uh, He was a mortician my, our whole lives pretty much. Um, And we lived in uh, Sweet Home, actually. No. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet Home. That's where you were built. Or that's where you were built. I was built in Springfield. Springfield. (laughs) Yeah. You were built in Springfield. Yeah, and we were, uh, we were living in it. It's a good way to put it, pretty much. I, mean, I don't know. I get it. Air was breathed. My daughter was built at a Scorpions concert, so, you know. Well, that, that was prefab right there. Those were just the pieces, you know. Come on. Part of the work was done there. Yeah. And, and I, I remember him, uh, my dad, working for a guy, and his, I remember it's like, vividly, uh, that he, him and my mom would talk about wanting to own their own business 
and then we moved to Hood River, and from the age of five to seven, he was supposed to get this business and, and buy it from this guy, and then that fell out from underneath him, and everything for our family kind of, like, was just up in the air. There was no security. There was no, like, we had to move from Hood River, which our, our whole family, we loved it there. Um, and he finally got back to McMinnville and bought the mortuary there. Um, it was called Scott McGee Funeral Home, even though my dad's name's Ken. But he kept the Scott from the previous owner. And then he owned his own business. And my mom and him got to spend, like, a t- like every day together. Like, our family was really tight because my dad, mom and dad were always there because they owned their own business. And we lived in the mortuary. Uh, we grew up in the mortuary for 12 years. We lived in that uh, across, across from the gallery players right there. Um, but that brought a really strong bond, family connection, and the ability to make his, in a sense, own schedule. There's a lot of things we'll get into about that later on, about you know picking up bodies when we're on vacation and whatnot. But uh, we'll get into that later. All coming together. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, I, I saw how how much that changed everything, and I think you know From being an employee to being an owner. Being yeah. Owner. yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to you have to work really hard. The the work is still there, but and you still have a schedule, but you are you you don't get kicked out of your home, and you don't have to like leave your town. Because if the business fails, it's your fault. It's not. But if somebody else is in charge of your life, you, yeah. you don't have the opportunity to, you know, stay. Let's say. And, and at that age, I realized like I want to work for myself. Um, and uh, when I was a kid, uh, going, I went to Columbus Elementary School in McMinnville, and uh, there was a, a store across the street, and it was like a little general store. And they had suckers there, and I would go buy. <laughs> I would go buy suckers, like the little blow pop suckers, mm-hmm. and they were ten cents a piece. And and so I'd, I'd sell them for twenty five cents at at school. So I was in fifth grade, whatever, fourth fifth grade, and um, and I would sell them, and I'd make fifteen cents a sucker. And I so I'd make like almost a dollar a day just by taking these. Because once you get to school back then, elementary school, you can't leave campus. You're on school property, and that's it. So. I would buy these and sell them and make a little money. And then one day I saw that they were twenty-five cents a piece. So they had, they they well they got, they went up. They, in, inflation, yeah. right? Didn't know anything yeah. about inflation, and they went up to twenty-five cents a piece. And I thought to myself, had I bought a box of those at ten cents a piece? Because now I'm buying, paying twenty-five cents, but now I'm selling them for fifty cents. So I'm making twenty-five cents instead of 15 cents so i'm making more money but had i purchased a box of them i would have made quadruple that amount and that's when i realized about inflation and owning property or owning what it is you do in life whether it's working for yourself or or owning property or anything it's it's by by owning something and not having to rent it or or be told you have to leave now it, it seemed like the best way for me to to live. And so at that age, I learned about inflation and literally because then I, I, I was like, well, had I bought those, that box, you know, I would be rich right now. You tell it's still yeah. bothering him. He's like, Darn it. it still bothers me a little bit, but only it, it only every day currently that I don't continue. Like when I miss an opportunity to buy a box of suckers and, and it triples that bothers me still. 
but it's not that time of that sucker that still bothers me. It's just, it still happens today. And especially right now with inflation. You're like, like why didn't I buy five houses it, I, seven yeah. years ago? Oh my God. <laughs> when they were like, you know, everything's, uh, goes up and down it's it's a roller coaster the real estate market like every 13 years it's down based on whether it's inflation or uh the rates or the government does something crazy yeah. or we're at war or there's a an election or there was a huge earthquake huge fire like everything is up and down yeah. and so and we it's can't a long get, game we can't know. control that i think what i love about entrepreneurship is is the risk side of it and that's the same with investing is you have to have that moment where you're like this could go really, really bad. Yeah. Or this could work out great. And so, I mean, hence the name of the podcast, the letter boss comes from, you know, cowboys always say letter buck before they open the shoot, which I'm sure you've had a few of those yeah. moments where you're like, okay, just let it go. And you really have to have some of that mindset. I've always struggled because I'm more on the conservative side of risk taking. Which is funny because owning real estate company, <laughs> I am overcoming it. I'm also an introvert. <laughs> yeah, who just happens to always be out partying? Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> no, know. We overcome our weaknesses. Right? Yeah. but you have to have that that little piece in your mind that says, you know, there's risk, but what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, you know, what's, um, you know, maybe I'll lose, but then maybe I'll win really big. And without that risk, you know, you never do get that opportunity to win and. Um, to that to that point, in my experience, um, in in my life, what I've learned is almost always it's better to like look back and uh, I, I've felt more. Not, I don't like to feel regret, but I feel I've felt more regret not doing something in my life than doing something. And I've yeah. broken my neck. I've had injuries. All those moments, I've been you know it was the wrong choice. Let's say, but I. I still regret more things in my life that I didn't do that I had the opportunity to do than the ones that I did that went wrong yeah, because I, I, I just can't let go of it for some reason. I'm like, God, I should have done that. What the heck? <laughs> and, and I've learned that, uh, by just sitting on the sidelines for me, it doesn't work. I have yeah. to be continually trying to invest or do something that no one else has done or, or whatever, because I don't want to regret not doing it and looking at it and saying, Oh man, I, you know, I could have invested in Apple. <laughs> I, I was in a car race across Who the country from in 2005 with one of the guys who was starting Tesla. And he asked me if I wanted to invest $10,000 in Tesla in 2005. Yeah. There, there you go. One of the things, you know, you, I, well, I, you were in jail then on that, that trip. That was race, yeah. So I don't know where you met this guy. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been there too. <laughs> Florida jail. Florida jail. I tell you, you know, either the power in the people around you and who you meet, and you don't know where they're going to end up because some some of the biggest success stories started in places like, you know, a dive bar or, <laughs> you yeah. know, the drunk tank or the jail cell. And you... You're right. Like that, we regret more what we the opportunities we missed um, than the failures that we had. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you, sh- uh, Liana, shared a story about um, who was that? That their dad always asked every day. You know, what did you fail at today? 
And then if she said nothing, said, well, darn, you missed an opportunity to learn because we learn more from our failures and our successes. So you have to hang on to a little bit of those missed opportunities to keep motivating you to go take advantage of yeah. ones that you'll win at. And you know what I really liked, too, was that you look back and you realize what you realize the moment that you would have liked to have done something, but you're intelligent enough to recognize it. Yeah. So the next time that comes around, you're able to make a different decision. And I think that's also the part of an entrepreneur, is the ability to be honest and to really have a reality check of where you are or what what result came from that yeah. your action. I've, I've also had it happen where, um, I missed an opportunity, but then forced an opportunity after that because I didn't want to miss the opportunity again, and I shouldn't have done that. And I don't regret it, but I've I I have to say, honestly, we all have something inside of us that's our instinct and our gut feeling, and a lot of times we ignore it. But it, you know, like yeah. I invested in something instead of investing in that, and it failed, but I forced it, and I was just I I didn't feel it was right, but I did it anyways. And so just go with your gut, like with everything and, you know, not just your gut, but your instincts and what you feel, because in the end, uh, you can't regret doing what you thought was right in life. Right. And that's like with, with, with owning a business and doing everything like that, all you can do is your best, but um, you have to actually f feel if it's right. And we all have that every day we go through that as humans, like. We know we're not in the right place or we don't feel right or we do feel right and it feels good. And even when it feels right, it can fail. But that's the risk you take when you own your own business or don't want to have to, let's say, work for somebody else. Or, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but like I said before, being able to call your own shots, be your own boss, you have no one else to blame except for yourself. And at the end of the day, if if you do all those things, I think you'll be successful, even if you're financially or whatever not successful. So I do. I I, I remember my mentor told me that one time, like as long as you feel an integrity with yourself, whether you succeed or fail, that feeling of always constantly being in integrity with what your gut feeling was is going to be better than the actual feeling of success. Yeah. So I think um, I I want a little bit to go because I know Stacy and you it's rare we get siblings that are going to tell their story and what I love because I come from a big family of six and we all went very different directions in life but we're inspired along the way a lot by our parents and work ethic and entrepreneurship and you and Stacy both you know being raised in an entrepreneurial home but went very different directions in the group has you chose Stacy I want to hear what inspired you and what made you go the direction you did in your career choice? So I am a little less of a risk taker. Um, and I chose the route of um, family, getting married and having children. And I worked that on a huge risk, by the way. That is a very huge risk. Have you seen Francis Ngannou hit me in the nuts? <laughs> and that's a risk. But let I, me tell you, the I only reason I did more that. I've money getting married than I ever have in my investments. Yes, yes. <laughs> but let me tell you, the reason I did all those nut shots, cup tests, was because I was already having a kid. I have a two and a half year old. And yes, you're right. There it you is go. the riskiest, <laughs> craziest thing you could ever do as a human being is have another one. Like, come on, I can, we can barely take care of our own selves, let alone bring another one. 
Actually, when Stacey three, told two, me you were two, having a kid, when, not she, three, when Ryan, she said you had a baby on the way, I was like, how is that possible? Because I watched that show and... Yeah, I was uh, two months before I filmed that, I was already... We were already having okay, a baby. That's good. Yeah, because otherwise... It I just didn't happen. tell them until the end of the... Like the last week of filming, I finally told them I was having a baby. And that's why I basically destroyed my uh, baby maker. We'll call it the baby maker. Yeah. Why don't we just call them baby makers? Why do we have to name them weird names like like penis? Well, because Can you say penis at, at here? No, probably not. You know what? Is that what you it's do just say? It's going to be censored. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we were prepared for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, Stacy, back to what inspired yeah, you. So. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We'll, we'll, we'll bleep that, that one for sure. That could have been what inspired you. We'll, we'll, we'll bleep that one. We'll bleep that one. She just said she got married and had kids right out of high school. Something what do you think was that? Was What do you think inspired that? Okay. okay. <laughs> the root of the problem. I think that be... might be the first time you've ever said I was actually correct. Thank you. I'm so and glad I. Film. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad I now have a show too that I get to tell my mom not to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back. Um, yeah, but my career path. So I needed. I I started in my careers in banking and insurance and really boring dual cubicle life. Um, and I couldn't see myself doing that forever. So with stay at home mom and then I need, we needed a household income and my realtor who helped us buy our house was awesome. And so when I got to thinking about what am I going to do? Who, you know, how is, who's Stacy going to become? How is she going to make a living? Um, how am I going to support my two little girls in this household and bring them up? And so I um, went back to experiences that I had in my life that I enjoyed, people that I enjoyed working with. And um, shout out to Denise Cat Purcell, because um, she's actually my best friend's mom now. <laughs> so it's full circle there. Um, and anyway, so I went back to the experience we had buying a house. And it was a very enjoyable, rough situation. We had to go... We bought in the early 90s and interest rates were high compared to what the people say now, which we were fine with. We thought we were getting an excellent rate, but anyways. Um, she walked us through the whole thing, made us feel really good about it. She found a house for us that we thought we didn't want to see, and we went into it, and it was the right one, she knew. Um, and so just the way that she guided us through the process of buying a home and kind of reading between the lines at what we didn't know we wanted. And then, um, so when I got back to what am, what's Stacy going to do, I enjoyed that experience, that helpful, she helped us, and I wanted to be that person. I wanted to find a way to help others have that experience that I had when we bought our house, and, you know, everyone always says we love looking at houses, we love touring houses, but it is about, it's helping them through the process, and then you got to go see all the cool houses, <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, so I went to real estate school and um, started my career. So being your own boss. I got to be my own boss. I thought, you know, I listened to all the things like, oh, they make so much money. And, and this, I did start in 2006 where it was, you know, the market was really great. Yeah, you basically and, started right when, yeah, like, the thing, like, you, 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 was, you were working at insurance, we'll call it insurance company, we all know maybe who it is, but anyways, uh, 
and and uh, it's that scary building. I just I super bummed out that that home. company like got rid of all residential insurance this last month. So oh. that that particular company, that, yeah, personalized, personalized is gone. All I do is commercial now because there's too much uh, risk with personal because yeah. there's so many disasters happening and whatever else now. Oh, Stupid. That's where anyway. I got to assess like. So the people that I worked with are not risk takers. They they love their job in the cubicle, um, and they felt safe. purpose and safe. And I it drove me absolutely crazy um, to live in that safety zone. And so jumped into real estate and uh, gave up the safety line and made it work. Well, so you were in two thousand six and seven doing pretty well because the market was doing great, and then in two thousand eight it tanked and. That was I I, I I mean I at that in two thousand eight I think I owned five properties in in two thousand eight and I kept them all still have them I rode I rode through that and it was gnarly like people yeah. were you know Losing doing bad things to themselves not existing anymore now yeah. and for you to like have just left your job two kids and to get into real estate when the market just went poof I mean you had to find out there was still houses to buy. Like the rates weren't bad. It wasn't that. It was just the values of them went down so much, which is great if you're a buyer. Mm -hmm. And if you're a seller, you can, there's ways to get it out of it without foreclosing. And there, it just became a huge hustle for realtors. Like, yeah. well, but it also, I got in, I got in in 05. <laughs> but it also like created this new uh, technique of mm -hmm. selling houses too. Like, like all of the media that's used now in, in real estate, like all, you know, drones and all these different things that like that was long before a lot of the apps that you can like Zillow's and whatever else. You we can were use. just, well, the internet was just barely peaking. Barely in the, like, in the real estate. Like, yeah, our MLS was the only thing you would check. Yeah, that was I, 90s. But. We didn't even have, <clears> most house. agents weren't even using like faxing. They were still doing hard copy offers. Mm -hmm. They were not doing any yeah there was no docu sign there was no docu sign sure. there was there was nothing when we yeah. started there wasn't any of that 